Blog Talk Radio. Across the country and around the world, streaming live on the internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers. Hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. And of course, this is your source for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. So, Julie, I am fully caffeinated with another cup oh, of I... coffee in reserve. Are you? I am indeed. Okay, it's going to be a fun so, show. Julie, can I... That's right. Can I tell you why I really like this week more than, say, for example, the past few weeks? Sure. Do you tell. Uh, and I shouldn't say this out loud, but it's true. No interviews. It's just you and I every day this week, <laughs> yeah. which is great. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Well, hold on. There yeah. was an interview yesterday, so I take that back. Well, almost <laughs> so, no interviews. So, so Almost okay. no interviews. So um, the focus of today's radio show and probably tomorrow's radio show, guys, um, is going to be Julie and I's attempt to really drill down on, as we promised you for every radio show, the truth in real estate. I am always a little, I don't know, reluctant to be completely myself with you guys on this radio show those of you who have been in my coaching schedule for a long time or have talked to me on a free coaching call know that I'm a little bit more gloves off in those types of uh, more intimate environments, let's say. But this week's material on the radio show is going to be, I think for a lot of you guys, it's going to seem maybe a little harsh. It might seem a little bit scary. I am sure, and I'm positive of this, and I'm prepared for it, so is Jules, that it might be a little offensive. Why? Because what we're going to be doing is we're going to be, uh, again, for this week, exposing, I guess the nice way of saying it is the greatest real estate myths, or put it a different way, what the top 1% of all multimillionaire agents know that the rest of the agents don't. And the offensive part will come in, the fact, because we're going to be talking about some things that are truly sacred cows in the real estate industry. We're going to be really diving down deep and giving you guys the reason why a lot of you have been you know, I don't know, succumbing to lies about what it takes to be successful in real estate. Julie, am I walking the line here too much? What do you think? No, I think the gloves come off this week, and, you know, I think it's our obligation and it's our responsibility to tell them the truth. That's how I look at it. I I know there's a lot of pollution out there, things that they hear, unvetted speakers at their offices. Um, You know, there's just a lot of misinformation out there, misinformation out there, and I think it's our job to clear the air. So I'm okay taking the gloves off if you are. Yeah, I am. I've been so I've been writing the notes for this week's calls for probably two weeks, and I'll tell you guys how you know Julie and I've been sending these back and forth in emails, and I'll tell you what's been motivating both of us to do this: the free coaching calls that we do with you guys. So we coach a lot of the nation's top producing agents. You know, you guys hear a lot of these guys when we do these superstar interviews. Just this past week, we interviewed the number one agent in the country who's going to sell nearly a billion dollars in real estate this year, and the number two agent. Um, you know, fantastic gal. Uh, named Jade up in the, the L.A., Beverly Hills area. And these folks, when you listen to these interviews, what they say that they do and have done to become successful is oftentimes completely different than what you guys are told it takes to be successful in the real estate business. 
And so Julie and I are kind of in an interesting position that being that we sold real estate, we sold real estate at a high level between 100 and 200 homes a year for you know nearly our entire careers of almost 10 years. I and mean, we're not flashing the pan, so we can sniff out the BS faster than a lot of you guys can. So that's really when I'm thinking about all of you guys, I'm thinking about the free coaching calls that we do, that all of our coaches do, well, most of our coaches do. And so we do these coaching calls. I personally do three to four free coaching calls a day. You know, I don't have to. I could just delegate all the free coaching calls to our staff, but I choose to do them because I really want to stay connected with you guys. Not all the free coaching calls are students. Some of them are, for, you know, guys that are thinking about enrolling in one of our coaching programs. It really doesn't matter. I don't screen you guys based on, you know, whether or not you want to join a coaching program. If you need help, we're going to help. And just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. So here's what I've detected, and I've seen this, and I, I didn't know if I was right or wrong about this. I've been talking to different people, this, this phenomenon that I've seen. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't jumping into conclusions about what was happening amongst the real estate agent ranks. Uh, I wanted to make sure that I was right about what I was observing. So I've asked for advice from people that I go to for advice, people that I uh, respect and as far as their opinions go, other business owners, some people that are very, very wealthy, and I've been asking them this one question. We've been preaching that there's a bifurcation in the real estate market, simply that there's a kind of have and have-nots going on, and you guys have experienced this, even in your own uh, many markets, like where Jules and I used to sell real estate in Columbus, Ohio, you know, there's a part of Columbus that was doing great, part of Columbus that wasn't, no new news there. That's you know been true since the beginning of time when people started living in caves, I suppose. You know, one cave was real susceptible to being attacked by pterodactyls and the other wasn't, okay? So there's always been good location, bad location. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about, guys, is a bifurcation amongst agents. I have never seen in my entire adult life, and Julie and I are in our <clears throat> 40s, I have never seen a time when there's been such a huge, incredible difference between the folks that have and the folks that have not. So I started studying this. What the heck is going on? And here's what I've discovered. I've discovered that for the most part, the haves, you know, is keeping us focused on real estate. Know things, do things, and, and frankly, take actions in different ways than the rest of the normal agents do. And again, Jules and I are going to be drilling down on what the specific differences are. We call it, you know, what the 1% know that the rest don't. That's, again, the topic. So we're going to be going point by point and here's a little barometer for you guys. If you find one of the points that we're saying to you offensive, write it down. You know what? You might even want to request a free coaching call so we can talk about it. But the thing is, is when you are offended, chances are it's because you're trying to defend something that you suspect, maybe even subconsciously, is not true. So if we say something today, and I know some of the things we're going to be talking about are definitely going to raise some eyebrows, so if we say some things today and you go, oh, my God, that Tim, is he's, Tim and Julie, they must, oh, they're so, oh, blah, blah, blah. Write it down and then question why you are offended by it. Question why it is that you are holding that one specific concept or idea or business practice so sacred. Because really, guys, in, a, in an economic time like this, in a time where there's such bifurcation amongst people that have and have not, the fact that nowadays you guys are still, a lot of you, and I, again, I ran into this every day in our free coaching calls, a lot of you guys are struggling to get back to where you were before the real estate crash, and I'm listening on these free coaching calls to what you're doing. A lot of you, I'd say 90% of you are focusing on the wrong things, and that's the reason you continue to struggle. So this call is for you. This call is our attempt, this radio show is our attempt to really do our best to help the entire real estate industry. Hey, guys, listen, we owe it to you. 
You know, you have all our faithful listeners have made this the number one real estate coaching radio show. Uh, I don't know on the internet in the world. I don't know what big you know glorious statement you want to make following up on that. But we have literally tens of thousands of you that listen to us every single month, and we owe it to you. You know, we have listeners down in South Africa. We have listeners in Europe. We have listeners in Asia. We have listeners everywhere. Obviously, a majority of you are in the United States. So we're going to do our best, and I ask you to have an open mind. And if you find yourself being offended by anything that we're presenting to you, write it down and then question that dogma, question that paradigm, and find out if it might just be time for a good old-fashioned epiphany. So, Julie, let's get to the first point. You got it. So, again, the topic of today's call is what the top 1%, the millionaire and, in some cases, billionaire real estate agents know Mm -hmm. that perhaps you don't. What does the 99% not know? So point number one is that the top 1% work on their skills versus just doing things like working on their team or tweaking things. They work on their actual skill. Let's drill down on that, Julie. That's mm-hmm. something that I know you hear a lot in your free, free coaching calls, and I hear a lot of my free coaching calls. You guys fill out that little simple form, five questions. And the last thing is kind of a generic, what would you like to co- concentrate on your free coaching call? 80% of you say working on your team, right? Working on your team. Isn't that what all of you guys are being told and sold, S-O-L-D, that you should be doing? Well, it's a complete lie. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be working on your team. If you don't believe me, how about this? Why don't you guys get on – the phone, or tweet, whatever you do to communicate with other people, and ask the top agents in the country, who are mostly our superstars, what if they have teams, and ready for it, none of them do. None of them do. So what is it that these top producing, and these are like Jade, I mean, I think I calculated it right, that she's going to earn in commissions $7 million this year. $7 million or something That's like in that. Commission. In commission. That's not her volume. That's, That's her commission. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, the average agent in the country earns $30,000. She's going to earn something like $7 million, okay? She doesn't have a team. You know, we, she's very polite about it, certainly much more, I think, nicer and genteel than I am. But, you know, on this radio show, listen to, to the re- replay from last week, we talked about teams. And you know what? She didn't understand the team fad any more than we did, and that's what it is. So what does Jade focus on? What are all the top nations 1% of agents focus on? They don't focus on building their teams. So if you guys are going to request a free coaching call, do yourself a favor. And unless you are really good at skills, and I mean being able to go at any time, call an expired and take a listing. At any time, know how to negotiate your way through the hairiest of transactions. Unless you have a listing presentation. Unless you pre-qualify. Unless you are literally a Navy SEAL of real estate, you do not build a team. And it's the worst and horrible distraction that you could possibly subject yourself to. So can I tell a true story, Julie? Please. Okay, I'm on the phone doing a free coaching call. I'm not going to use his name because I know he's a listener. His name is Bill. And Bill is this young guy. He's 29 years old. And Bill and his team have sold something like $60 million of real estate so far this year. Impressive, right? Hmm. Yeah. So I start asking Bill questions about his team, and I start asking Bill what he's doing to generate leads. And so here's what I quickly figure out, because it's not rocket science. He's buying all of his leads. He doesn't go after anything. In other words, as we say, he's a gatherer, not a hunter. He's spending money on everything you could possibly imagine, and believe me, guys, I mean everything you could possibly imagine, to buy leads, because he's never learned how to actually generate his own leads. 
And listen, there's nothing wrong with buying leads. I think it's fine. There's nothing wrong with buying leads as long as you do it on the back of skills. As long as you do it on the back of real profitability, not thinking that that's what you're supposed to do as your prominent thing. There's no bad lead necessarily. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is there's bad businesses that a lot of us have been suckered into running um, that lead to no profit. So I'm having this conversation with them, and you guys can do that math in your head. $60 million should equal roughly $1.8 million in commission. So I said to Bill, I said, Bill, so roughly speaking, from that $60 million, $1.8, maybe at the end of the year it will be like $2.2 million in commission, you have to have saved at least $250,000, $300,000 after taxes. And there was a pause on the other end of the phone, mm. and a little bit longer pause. I literally checked the phone to make sure I didn't disconnect or he didn't. And then he said, I haven't saved anything. And I, and I said, well, well, wow. what, 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 what? So you burned all this money and you haven't saved any money. Why? And the answer simply was, because I've been spending it all on leads. I've been spending, I've been reinvesting my money in the business. I've been building my team. I've been doing branding. I've been buying billboards. I've been doing all this other stuff, opposed to actually learning the skills. Again, Jade, you know, arguably the number one agent in the world, earning over, you know, five, six, seven million dollars in commissions this year, doesn't have a team. Because this guy has never taken the time to learn how to actually go out and get the business. He has been suckered into believing that he has to build a team and he has to buy all of his leads. So that first point, I know, offended a lot of you. I know it did. And you know what? If it did, it's because you're guilty of running a nonprofit business. You're running all these transactions through your business, but you're not making actually any money. The, the litmus test of your business, how effective you are as an entrepreneur, which you are, as a business owner, which you are, is the profit you have left over at the end of the year. That's it. Point number two, Jules. All right. Second point is that the top 1% are focused on increasing their net profit versus increasing the number of paid buyer leads for their buyer agents or team-related things they're throwing money at. So, again, the top 1% are actually focused and very clear on increasing their net profit. Remember, what is your product? And that's always a fun question to ask agents because there's lots of different answers they come up with. But ultimately, your product, as you just said, Tim, at the end of the year, how do you know how you're doing? What would you keep? That's a hard thing to, for people to wrap their minds around, Julie. And I know you have – I mean, I'm thinking of, for example, you have the number one realtor at REMAX in Atlanta. You have the number one – you know, you're personally coaching all these top agents. So yep. why do you think that's such a struggle for them to, to wrap their minds around, that the whole point of being in business is to make profit? Well, I think that the industry is full of little mini awards. You know, I've had many agents say, well, I only closed two deals, but I got the award for doing the most this or that in the office. And they're always amazed, like, how could that be? Isn't anybody else doing anything? So we're we're constantly inundated with rewards and awards for various weird stuff, right? It's feeding into the ego all the time. You'd rather pay for a billboard than save the money? Really? And when I asked the agents, what did you get from that? Well, we got a lot of leads. I don't want to hear about your leads. I want to hear about your closed transactions, your profitability, and what your net income was. And I'll never forget one of the uh, top agents um, in Atlanta, uh, besides the ones that we're coaching. Um, you know, it's interesting. He, do you remember he had a team of like 14? I remember this was one of the light bulbs. Zach It was Zach okay, so Kasniak. He wouldn't mind if we he, – he's, okay. the way he's well, told he the story. Did, Listen, did he, say he, told this, he tells he this story himself publicly. Okay. So you could. But so you had this huge team, right? And yeah. I think huge. at the he had like time, like thirty people. 
Yeah, and at the time that we had this light bulb go off, I think he was I what was he doing? Like uh three million G C I I believe, something like that. Yep. And keeping like three hundred thousand. You know, yep. like that doesn't really make that much sense. And you and I looked at each other and we were, you know, thinking, Well, how many transactions do we want to set a goal for and should we take it to the next level? And that's gonna require building this huge team and do we really want to do that? And then we heard his story and we thought, Well, we can net that doing you know, you don't have to do 200. Why Why does he have to do that many sides to net that? We, we netted well, that. because he has a huge first, team to feed. We netted that our first year in the business when we were early 20s. Yeah. So we netted. This This was a little epiphany. This Julie's bringing up a really good point. Spending virtually you no know, marketing money, not buying any leads. Right. We so. netted the same amount of money as somebody who was earning per year in commissions multi-millions of dollars. I remember that. That happened like in 1997, 98, or 99, somewhere like that. And you and I had that little epiphany. And we finally realized that this whole team thing, and guys, the fad of teams started really in 1994, 95. It's certainly not nothing new. So for you guys who are younger than Julie and I, and you're thinking, well, I got this whole team thing figured out, it's been run up and down the flagpole so many times. It's not even funny. You know, you guys need to stop and actually put some a pen to paper and realize that it's not really that profitable. It's not something you can really build wealth on. I mean, truthfully, again, don't believe me. Look to see who the top producing agents are in the country. They don't have teams. They have staff. They might have some administrative assistance, but we they probably certainly have transaction don't. I mean, coordinators. Well, I mean, Julie, listen, you just made a great point about you know net profit versus increasing paid buyer leads. How many free coaching calls have you done where these guys come to the call all geeked up on Boomtown and geeked up on Truly mm-hmm. and all geeked up on Zillow and all geeked up on all these other buying buyer lead sources, and they think their keys to the kingdom are going to come from hiring a bunch of agents that they can yeah. then feed buyer leads to and that somehow they're going to basically be able to sit on the beach and pick sand out of their toes. They actually think that's going yeah. to work. And yet, no, when you it's ask not. them, here, here's the fun question on calls like that, right? So they're paying for all these buyer leads. And I've had people tell me, oh, I've got 90 leads in the pipeline from some online this or that, right? And then I just ask them, I'm curious, can you tell me what happens to actually pre-approve a buyer, okay? So there's five or six things that happen in underwriting, and most of those agents cannot tell me what those things are, much less use an actual buyer or seller pre-qualification script. Thus, the supposed leads that are in their supposed pipeline are basically virtually, you know, useless. They couldn't convert a lead to save their life anyway, so why are they paying for so many of them? Exactly. It's, it goes back so, to our first point, skill. Yeah, exactly. Well, and the second point, hey, Julie, see how these are all written in a, a sensical it's order? All related. Listeners, yes. are you seeing how we thought about this? The second point, which was profit. Okay, now we're getting to the third point, which I think is really interesting for you guys to consider. And again, th- I, I'm, this is basically mirroring all the free coaching calls that we've done. A lot of you guys are really at, at our focus and I really appreciate the fact that so many of you are embracing this. Our focus is on teaching you guys how to be listing agents. Okay? Listing agents require skill. If you you know the richest of the rich agents in the real estate industry, in the history of the real estate industry, have always been listing agents. That'll always be true. Okay. So if you're in this mode of buying buyer leads and so many of you guys are locked into that belief that you have to buy buyer leads, here's your uh, keys to get out of jail. Ready? Learn how to become a listing agent. Oh, by the way, it's easier than you thought because all your competition is going to believe that they have to buy buyer leads. So they're all chasing the paid buyer lead generation. You focus on becoming a listing agent. You will make more money faster. Why? Here's the simple answer. There is no leverage in being a buyer's agent. 
listings, if you have 10 listings, 20 listings, 30 listings, imagine your name, dry erase board, bunch of listings on the board, all of them priced correctly, all of them you have a nice commission on, all of them will sell eventually. That's leverage because every other realtor in the MLS is working on selling your inventory. And mm -hmm. a lot of you guys have suffered through this mindset of being buyer's agents, and I think you're realizing that you are having these ridiculous ups and downs in your income. You're frustrated because you don't know anything else other than to buy buyer leads. And hey, guess what? They're increasing the price of your buyer leads. At the same time, mm -hmm. the quality of the buyer leads are going down. Julie and I have been warning about, all of you guys who care to listen, we've been warning you for at least the last two years that that buying buyer leads uh, business model was going to die. And a lot of you are experiencing that right now. It's oversaturated. There's too many agents buying the buyer leads. The buyer lead quality is going to get worse and worse and worse. If you do not shift to become a listing agent, chances are you will, your struggles will just get worse, and you're going to burn out of the real estate business. We are now looking down at or looking up at 2015. Why aren't any of you or why aren't all of you, rather, embracing the fact that now is the time for you to learn how to be a listing agent? Don't wait till next year. Request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. So, guys, listen. This is getting back to point four. Point four is you, need, you guys need to really focus in on the fact that you need to be focused on concentrating on calling and contacting sellers that have to sell, that already have their hands in the air ready to sell. When you come to a free coaching call, don't ask me if door knocking is a good idea. Okay, yeah, you knock on enough doors or you make enough cold calls, you're going to find somebody that actually might be interested in doing business with you. No doubt. Okay, it will work. But the reality of it is, is every single market in the country, all the thousands of you that are listening to this, mostly in replay, in your MLS this month, how many expireds were there? In the market right now, how many, you know, random ideas for you guys that all work. How many reluctant landlords that we call them right now would love to list their properties? How many... Uh, unrepresented sellers or for sale by owners are there right now in your marketplace. How many, and you know what, guys, the list of these types of motivated sellers is long. You have estate attorneys. You have distressed sellers. You have people that are underwriting their mortgages that have made payments. I mean, there literally are over, what, maybe 20 different sources of ready-to-go, motivated, heck yeah, I'd love to sell my house pro, uh, sellers out there, and yet you guys think that you're supposed to do silly things like uh, – unfocused generalized farming right you're going to take some card and you are believing that if you mail it to the marketplace long enough uh and with enough frequency that eventually you're going to start getting sellers call you and you know what you will you will it works if you're in after business months, when it starts working right after months if not years it'll start to work and you're going to call and you're going to say to this postcard place you're going to say i've mailed these damn things out for six months seven months and I've gotten a few leads, and maybe I've had a closing, but I certainly haven't gotten any real business from it, then you've got to ask yourself, question your own sanity about how many for sale by owners you drove by on the way to Starbucks this morning, <laughs> or how many expired listings were on your MLS this morning, but you didn't bother to look. So look, those are sellers that right now have to sell, that you know are in the market, and yet you're spending your money and your time and your life's energy on trying to somehow get these you know, postcards and all these other crazy things that are being done right now that are being sold to realtors as, being, uh, as working, why aren't you focusing on the folks that already have their hands in the air that are saying, I have a house to sell? Why would you focus on anything else? Okay? The top 1% of all realtors, they don't focus on anything else. 
They don't waste their time on anything else. They just go after the people with their hands up in the air. And the, and the, you know, the visual that I like to give you guys on the free coaching call is you're talking to 100 different agents in a room, a conference center. Imagine it, right? You're on stage. Woo, everyone's wanting to hear what you have to say. These are all sellers or homeowners, rather. And you ask the homeowners who are thinking about listing their house or have to sell their house in the next, say, 60 to 90 days to stand up. And of 100 people, you're going to have maybe 15 or 20 people stand up. And then you ask those people to come to the front of the room, and those are the people you talk to. The other 85, you give coffee and donuts up in the hallway, and you thank them for coming. I mean, that's the visual for you guys. And yet, what does our industry teach you guys to do? To start soliciting the other 85 people who have no interest in selling. How does that make sense? I'll tell you why that's being done. Here's another controversial point. Get ready for it. Brokers, well, if you weren't going to like what I'm about to say, but it's true. Because agents, you're being told to spend money on postcards doing ineffective uh, geographic farming to promote the broker's brand, to promote the broker's name, and you're paying for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, guys, do you see how this doesn't make sense? Stop wasting your money. Stop wasting your time on doing stuff that you know, common sense here, guys, is ineffective compared to going after the folks that already have their hands up in their air in the air where to sell. Julie, you want to tail on anything on that one? Well, I just hear all of their objections in my head. Well, aren't there a million agents calling on those for sale by owners and expireds? And I need a script. And what do I say? And aren't they mean? And all these crazy excuses, right? I mean, literally, here are the people who have already told you, I have a house to sell. You know, I mean, we always joked that it was a help wanted sign in their yard. You know, but really, it is. I mean, what could be more obvious than that? And yet you guys like to make up all kinds of reasons my favorite one is, oh, there aren't any for sale by owners around. You and I were driving around Austin over the weekend, and within like 10 minutes, we saw six of them. <laughs> you well, know, so I mean, you just first... have to look. But if you if you don't think that that's something to go after, then all of a sudden you become blind to it, right? So all of their excuses, and they're, they're like, I, I just don't even, I, when I hear that stuff, I think of Charlie Brown or, you know, Snoopy when Charlie Brown's talking, and the, he hears womp, 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 right? I mean, there's just excuses. Go after people who have a house to sell for crying out loud. Okay, so why don't you guys do it? Let's just stay on that point a little bit longer since, you know, we're trailing off for today's show. And then tomorrow we're going to get back, Julie, to the uh, plan to save. That's our next point. So Mm -hmm. why don't you guys actually 100% go after the most obviously motivated sellers? Why don't you do it? I mean, honestly, let's let's just, you know, let's just have a nice little uh, being honest conversation here. Why don't you do it? What is it about these types of sellers, the ones that you know are motivated to sell their house, that you're scared of? Why don't you? Well, they might get an objection that they don't know how to handle. Ouch! There it is. You might get a little rejection. You might get an objection because you have to have, going back to our first point, skill. Because you're going to know have to know what to say. You're going to have to actually take the time to learn what to say. Big freaking deal. I'll give you guys a little secret. Um, every seller says the same exact thing, almost always in the same exact order. It's almost like every seller that you'll ever run into has hired a coach to coach them right. on what to say when realtors prospect them. It's true. Mm-hmm. For sale by owners always say the same thing. Expires always say the same thing. For rent by owners always say the same thing. Upper end, lower end, doesn't matter. Double wider, you know, it doesn't matter. They all say the exact same thing in the exact same order. They do. 
It's yeah. so predictable. It's easy. Very textbook. Learn what to say. So why don't you guys go after this type of business? Why is it? Is it because someone in your office told you that, oh, only you know, new realtors or some other kind of lower class of realtors only go after the for sale by owners? That's not true. The rich realtors go after the for sale by owners. They don't so why is it about that it because they guys, don't want you doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's the funny – what was it, the secret society of uh, expired hunters, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Tell that story. That's fun. Well, I'm trying to remember exactly how that goes. Basically, you know, we joke about there being this existing secret society of FISBO-loving agents, but their script is thing, telling all the rest of you guys things like, oh, FISBOs eat their young. They're really mean. They're only overpriced. They'll never pay your commission. Well, why do you think they say that to you guys? Because they don't want the competition because they're making tons of money from it. Happened to us in real estate. We used to hear that all the time. And then we started listening to the agent who would prospect routinely across from our office in our REMAX office who would, I don't know how many calls he made every night, but he was vigilant about that. And we kind of put two and two together. Here's a guy making tons of money off of for sale by owners. Hmm. And yet, you know, he, he has this aura of, oh, that's the FISBO hunting guy. So some of those things are not really that congruent. I, to me, it just makes a whole lot of sense. And I always tease my agents on their one-on-one -on -one calls that, hey, you know, here's somebody who has said, not just I have a house for sale, but by the way, here's my phone number, which you guys like to complain about a lot. I can't get any phone numbers. Okay, I have a house for sale. Here's my phone number. And remind me, what is it that you claim you do for a living? Oh, you sell houses. Don't you think it makes sense to talk to each other? You guys should feel guilty next time you drive past a for sale by owner. Like totally. you send. Seriously. <laughs> there's, gosh, it's there's a little easy to list. You know the truth is most for sale by owners. There's been different studies that have been done on this. I don't remember the numbers. But something like 90% of all FISBOs end up listing with an agent. You know, yeah. think about that. So why do they try to FISBO in the first place? You. So what are the, why do they FISBO themselves? Well, the truth is most of them want to save the commission. That's true. So mm -hmm. you have to overcome that objection. We'll show you how. But the reality of it is most of them list it themselves because they don't know an agent. Mm -hmm. That's it. Every survey that's ever been done of a for sale by owner, why did you try to sell it yourself? They said, eh, I thought I'd give it a try, and I didn't know an agent. Easy enough. You introduce yourself, and now they do. And yet our industry is paralyzed with fear about, con about contacting a seller just because they tried to sell their own house themselves. Expires are the same thing. Guys, here's the funny thing about expires, and this is so true. You list an expired. Most of the times it didn't sell because it was overpriced by maybe 5 or 10%. You know, that will always be true. But the other reason it didn't sell, think about this, guys, is because it show it's showing in the MLS as having a long days on the market. Most buyers are telling their agents what houses that they want to see through IDEX feed, right? You guys know what I'm talking about. So most buyers will only be looking at the newest listings and not be asking their buyer's agents to set up showings on the older listings. You guys with me on all this? So when you relist a house, what happens is not only do you in most cases give it a price adjustment, but sometimes truthfully it's not necessary, but you give it a new days on the market I know in some MLSs it shows the cumulative and all that, but the fact is it will show up again on all those buyers, all those super hot ready-to-buy buyers, IDEX feeds. So just by the very fact that it shows up on their reports as a new listing, the showings go through the roof. And here's what happens. You guys will go and you'll list a FISBO. I'm sorry, an expired. You'll maybe not even lower the price, but hopefully you adjust the price slightly. You don't even have time to take the pictures or do anything else fancy to the house. You just basically stick it back in the MLS, and then what happens, 
the house sells right away. We had that happen countless times, and any agent who's been successful has had that happen. Most expireds, something like, again, it's in the 90s, 95% of all expireds, yeah, some of them, when you call them up, they're going to say, we decide not to sell, we decide to rent it, we decide to hold out the house, and what about all these excuses? But we know that almost 100% of the time, over the next six months, almost 100% of them are going to relist. So think about that. In your marketplace right now, you guys are inundated with solicitations, people trying to sell you buyer leads and seller leads. Seller leads, you watch. A year from now, there's going to be tons and tons of companies trying to sell seller leads. You need to have the guts to say, hell no, I'm not going to buy my own seller leads because I can go get them myself. And then you need to have the skill to go after it. Guys, this is the time of year when you start building your next year. Another top producer 1% secret, frankly, is they start focusing on, their pre, on, on the first quarter of next year at the start of the fourth quarter of the previous year. That way they go into the year with momentum opposed to trying to build up their listing inventory again. This business, guys, and I mean this with all sincerity, I, honestly, I don't know why everyone would want to get into real estate. <laughs> I shouldn't say that too loud, right? But that's the truth. You know, we have a lot of other small business owners that listen to us, insurance agents and, you know, all kinds of different things, you know, chiropractors, all kinds of different things. And every one of those businesses has one thing in common, small margins. You guys have fat margins. Even if you're selling in a normal market, you guys can make, you know, $200,000. On one side of the transaction, you make $6,000. Real estate is a beautiful business. Probably the most, I think, if you think from an entrepreneurial perspective, you guys can have, you know, say you have 10 listings at all times. And let's say you're like one of our great clients in the Virginia area and your average sale price is 450 grand. So you have, you know, millions and millions of dollars worth of inventory that you don't have to pay anything for. Okay, Tim, what are you talking about? If you decided to open up a lemonade stand and you wanted to sell lemonades, lemonade, you'd have to go out and buy the lemons. You'd have to buy the stand. You'd have to buy the pitcher. You'd have to buy the cups. You'd have to buy the sign where you wrote 10 cents for your cup of lemonade. You'd have to buy, 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 buy. In other words, you have to create your inventory. Any other kind of business is like that. Uh, Julie and I were going to buy some McDonald's franchises a few years ago, right? You know, we were going to reinvest a few million dollars, and we were looking at different McDonald's franchises. So we started studying the business model. It sucks. As a franchise owner of a McDonald's, uh, you're considered super successful if after you've invested $250,000, $350,000, if you're able to make one hundred and fifty grand a year out of it. What? I'm not interested in that. That's a terrible return on investment. And think of all the liability that you have to have just to start one of those businesses. Think of all the employees you have to have. Think of all the fixed costs that you have. You see, guys, real estate is a beautiful business because of the fact that you can have millions and millions and ten millions. And I'm thinking of our friend Jade, whose average list price is $15 million. She can have hundreds of millions of dollars of inventory, and it doesn't cost her anything because the seller pays for it. And yet when it sells, she makes a margin on it. That's a little secret thing that people don't realize about the real estate industry that's so incredible. You guys have the opportunity to build these extremely profitable businesses relatively quick if you follow the right path, if you just have your head screwed on straight. Yeah, I know a lot of you guys are struggling. You know, again, I do the free coaching calls every day. I don't have to anymore, but I do them. Why? Because I want to stay in contact with all of you guys. My personal coaching clients, for the most part, are either successful already or they're becoming really successful. And same goes with our other coaching clients, our other coaches' clients as well. The free coaching calls illuminates to me the fact that you guys, a lot of you, are really truly on the wrong path. You are believing a lot of myths, which let's say, call them what they really are, lies, about what it takes to be successful in the real estate business. 
Guys, this is a simple business. This is an elegant business. This is going to be a massively profitable business as long as you treat it as a business. So we're going to pick up on this theme on the radio show tomorrow. In the meantime, if you guys need anything, what do you do? Go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Hopefully you enjoyed today's radio show. Your homework, as is at the end of every radio show, please, please, please share this with other agents, or really any business owners that you think might benefit from this common sense approach to, frankly, building a fantastic business. And we'll talk to you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.